1: It's their mission to motivate, educate, and empower you to take your health to the next level. And now, your hosts, hormone experts Dr. Mackey and Dr. Davidson.
2: Hello, everyone. Thank you for joining us for another episode of the Progression Health Podcast. I'm Dr. Mackie.
0: And I'm Dr. Davidson.
2: So on this episode, we are going to transition from going from talking about PCOS, specifically the concealed type, and transitioning into talking about adrenals uh, and comparing the two of those because sometimes they kind of get misconstrued. You know, sometimes people think they have PCOS when it's really not and, and vice versa.
0: Exactly. So, you know, with PCOS, polycystic ovarian syndrome, in the past episodes, we broke it down into the three types that we typically see in our practice over, gosh, since 2004, is we have the classic PCOS, which has pretty much all the symptoms, you can't miss it. The common, which has some of them, can be missed, but most often you can find it. And then the concealed, which honestly, the concealed PCOS is missed a lot you know you see people going from doctor to doctor trying to find answers and that's where we get people coming into us saying you know I think I have adrenal fatigue or do I have PCOS I don't know you know PCOS or adrenal fatigue, they're not really sure. And of course, um, Dr. Mackey and I were talking about this a little earlier this morning, is you know you can have adrenal fatigue in Hashimoto's. You can have adrenal fatigue in, in PCOS. You can have adrenal fatigue in menopause. Adrenal fatigue isn't by itself. It can go concurrently. But one of the main aspects in differentiating whether it's that concealed type of PCOS or adrenal fatigue is sometimes the treatment plans for both of those are completely different. So you wouldn't necessarily want to treat somebody with the concealed PCOS as your typical adrenal fatigue, because you can actually exacerbate the symptoms. So just to back up, let's talk a little bit about what the concealed PCOS is for those of you that might not have listened to the previous uh, podcast.
2: Right, right, right. And we said on the last one too, we don't necessarily agree with the term PCOS for the concealed type, but it does have some of the characteristics both in symptom and uh, lab testing. Uh, The reason why it gets missed so often is because it's not it's not like the classic, right? It doesn't have all the, the textbook diagnoses that all show up, um, but there are some subtle subtleties to it. Which is, if you know what you're looking for, you know, both on how the patient presents and what the labs show, it starts to kind of paint that PSUS kind of picture. And you know, we're just trying to you know kind of differentiate to see which one, you know, if anyone's listening out there, which which one you fall into. Uh, now, it's certainly possible if you have the classic or the or the common that you could have, as you just said, you could have both of them. But you, uh, you're not going to necessarily have adrenal dysfunction and concealed PCOS, not necessarily at the same time. It's probably more than likely going to be one or the other or a component of one or the other.
0: Yes, so that way, sure, you can treat both of it, but we'll get into it a little bit more on why you want You wouldn't want to just automatically treat somebody with the concealed PCOS or polycystic ovarian syndrome with just your typical adrenal fatigue treatments. Um, we'll get into that a little bit. But the, the concealed type mainly, you know, people, the women seem to do pretty well. You know, they do pretty well as teenagers and in their 20s. And like we had talked about in the last episode, the concealed PCOS is a little bit more like an adrenal fatigue driven, where it's almost like they've been under a lot of stress and they're maybe predisposed to PCOS, but it's not manifesting, but you put a tremendous amount of physical or mental stress on this, on this female. And then, then you'll see that concealed PCOS start to rear its head right around their late 30s and early 40s. Because you know, in our 40s, early 40s, I'm maybe more in my mid to latish 40s, but we all know that those hormones change. You know, in your 40s, your hormones are changing, late 30s, your hormones are changing. So as those female hormones are changing, then the body can't maintain or buffer some of the symptoms. And so you see these, that's where we get these women, they're in their late 30s and they're saying, you know what, I think I have PCOS, but I never was told that. They might even have a child because typically in PCOS there's um, fertility issues, but you know, this woman might have a child. They might even have, you know, regular periods or, you know, or or maybe a missing a period here and there. So it looks a little bit like PCOS because they'll have the thin hair. They'll have the irritability, they'll have the weight gain, they'll have the terrible PMS, but not completely like you would see in a classic PCOS.
2: Yeah, right. And we might be, honestly, we might be kind of splitting hairs here a little bit, you know, trying to differentiate between adrenal dysfunction. And you and I like the term adrenal dysfunction more than we like the term adrenal fatigue. But adrenal fatigue is kind of like this implied umbrella term for adrenal issues. But it doesn't always manifest as... Your adrenals are just exhausted. And I think from a endocrinology perspective, you go to an endocrinologist, they're gonna reluctantly test your adrenals. They might do an ACTH test, which is a brain hormone. They might do a blood cortisol test, which you know is we don't prefer them. We'll talk about that on the next episode. We're gonna talk about about some testing. Everyone falls within the normal range on those. And you know, we were. Uh, Looking at uh, some, literally looking up some diagnosis codes, and really there is nothing. There's two ends of the spectrum. You have Cushing's, which is an overproduction of cortisol, which would be hypercortical, You have Adson's disease, uh, which is really true, a diagnosable adrenal insufficiency. Those are both fairly rare problems. And then there's nothing else in between. So adrenal dysfunction, adrenal fatigue, everything that we're talking about is kind of like this limbo land. I know you talk about perimenopause as being this limbo land of hormones, but really adrenals are, there's this huge expanse between two ends of the spectrum and nothing in between. Now, maybe what we're talking about, this concealed PCOS type is part of the middle ground there somewhere, you know, adrenal dysfunction is a middle ground in there somewhere where people are being categorized a little bit better, so we can understand what's going on with them hormonally, and then you and I, as the practitioner, other practitioner, are, are able to help them feel better and function normally on a day-to-day basis.
0: Yes, we've been treating patients with adrenal fatigue for years, and and over time, we both have talked about this endlessly. That it's not, you know, the word adrenal fatigue just really isn't the right term because it's not that the adrenals are necessarily fatigued, like they're so tired and they need to go on vacation or something. But it's really more... Although
2: uh, everyone probably does need a little bit more of a vacation. <laughs> as, you all... say, as you said earlier about all the stress they have, they probably do need a vacation. Let's
0: all go on vacation. Let's, yeah. make, let's make it a plan. Yeah, no, right. All of us together now. But no, truly, it's more of a dysfunction. The adrenal glands are healthy. They're not dying. You, if you don't have adrenal glands, you wouldn't be alive. But the adrenal glands are healthy tissue. It's just their output of hormonal production is dysfunctional, and that can be due to internal or external circumstances, over time, chronic stress. So that's why we like to call it adrenal fun- uh, dysfunction. And like um, Dr. Mackey was talking about, you know, yeah, you go to your, en- your endocrinologist and tell me you have adrenal fatigue, they'll just look at you cross eyed and say, Stop hanging out on Google. Which is sort of, you know, <laughs> which is yeah. totally dismissing somebody.
2: Yeah, right. But- like all this stuff that we talk about you know, when it comes to the adrenals, like it's just make believe. Like people don't have symptoms that are related. Now, granted, uh, this why it is so unusual from a doctor perspective. Like cortisol and the adrenal glands play a huge role in how we look and feel on a day to day basis, right? Everything really at the end of the day comes down to. Our response to our environment and the adrenal glands and the brain, of course, you know, that's what they call the HPA axis, the hypothalamic pituitary adrenal axis, how the brain and the adrenals are connected and how it basically interprets the world around you. Now, you can't tell me that that is. Now, I think you and I were kind of speculating. Maybe this doesn't get talked about a lot because there's really no medications that you can give for. This type of dysfunction, right? So then it just gets ignored. Now, that's probably why there's no ICD-10 insurance billing codes for this because there's no treatment for it. So then they just kind of brush it off and, you know, make you seem like you're crazy. When in reality, it's just, a you know, a little bit of ignorance. And endocrinology, in in our opinion, really hasn't evolved very much in the last 70 years. you know, And I think that in a functional medicine space, this is where you and I often don't really need an actual diagnosis, right? We can look at someone's symptom picture, maybe get some functional testing. We'll talk more about that on the next episode. That help us kind of point in a particular direction and then differentiating between these different things that we're talking about that are not real diagnoses, right? That's, I can see why from a, from a person's perspective, going to your doctor, you don't feel very good. You're, you don't feel like yourself. You go to your doctor, he's supposed to help you and they make you almost feel worse because they're, it's almost like they, they blame it on you when it's really their lack of knowledge that because they don't even, they don't even consider that these things are even real problems.
0: But like I said, your adrenal glands with adrenal dysfunction are healthy. You know, they see a healthy person, you know, a lot of endocrinologists deal with a lot of very unhealthy people with diabetes type 2, diabetes type 1. So, you know, it's just, it is kind of a flawed system. And I'm sure all of you listening understand, you know, healthcare really has so many limitations and it's such a flawed system. But with adrenal dysfunction, we absolutely 100% believe in it. And like we, you know, we're going to go into the testing in the next episode, but it really is. Partly, you know, it's about the hormones that the adrenals are secreting. So for example, the adrenals, like we all know, secretes cortisol, but cortisol is secreted in a diurnal fashion over over the day. So it's highest in the morning, you know, it starts to come down and then it's lowest at night so you can go to sleep. What you see in adrenal dysfunction is the cortisol is low in the morning and then you do see the cortisol come up at night. That's pretty classic for most people with adrenal dysfunction. But you also see that with that concealed type of PCOS. Actually, with pretty much all three types of PCOS, because of the burden on the hormones, is you see that um, adrenal dysfunction can kind of manifest that way as well.
2: Yeah, right. What you're talking about, what's called a reverse diurnal curve, right? You're supposed to be high in the morning, between 5 and 8 o'clock in the morning. supposed to be low at night, usually between midnight and 2 in the morning. How many people that we deal with on a regular basis are having a really hard time waking up And they can't go to sleep or they can't stay asleep all night. That is kind of your classic representation, your classic manifestation that there's a little bit of an adrenal problem going on. Now, is that diagnosable? I mean, how many people have sleep issues across the country? You know, probably tens of millions of people are having sleep issues. And the adrenals don't really get talked about much in that conversation. And you and I believe that it is the cornerstone of that, of those issues. That's why with every patient that we deal with, we take sleep as a, as a really high priority because that's the only way those adrenals are going to begin to rebalance themselves.
0: Yes, yeah, so definitely with PCOS and adrenal dysfunction, you see that sleep issue. You know, they're tired in the morning. They can't sleep at night. Like I would mentioned earlier, there's weight gain with really tough time losing weight. You see the fatigue. You see the irritability. You see the, there can definitely be some menstrual irregularities, the brain fog, the mood issues. So now you're saying, well, it almost sounds like PCOS and adrenal fatigue are the same things but that's where there's a little bit of a catch. So yes, the diurnal curve of that cortisol is degraded in both concealed type of PCOS and with adrenal dysfunction. But one thing that we notice with those PCOS women, especially the concealed type, is they do have a little high normal or just over the edge of normal of those androgens. So you'll see the testosterone a little bit high normal. You'll see that DHEA a little bit high normal, if not a little bit high. Now, typically with adrenal fatigue, because DHEA is secreted mainly from the adrenal glands, with adrenal fatigue, adrenal dysfunction, is you will see typically low DHEA levels, low testosterone, you know, low, low normal testosterone levels that you wouldn't necessarily see in that concealed type of PCOS.
2: Yeah, right. So really, as we're talking about this, right, that really the distinction comes down to maybe not necessarily how the The patient or the person manifests what their clinical presentation is. It's really about the lab testing. That's why for pretty much all women from their teens to their 60s, we are testing their DHA, pregnenolone, and testosterone because you can't sometimes, for what you just said, you can't predict whether those numbers are going to be high or low. You might Think, and I've seen, I know we've both seen this many times, the one that you think their DHA is going to be really high or high normal, it's like 75, right? Their testosterone, you might think that it would should be, um, you know, really low. And now it's that's also 75, right? It doesn't always match. What their presentation is until you look at those labs and you see you know kind of what's going on it gives you a better idea.
0: Which, like we mentioned, we're going to talk about the labs in the next episode. But just to kind of make it a little bit more clear, you know, this you know years ago I was noticing you know I'd have a patient come in to see me and they have adrenal you know they say I have adrenal fatigue and they've been to numerous doctors and they're still looking for help and and what we would see is these patients would say. Well, I was at, you know I was being treated for adrenal fatigue from my you know from this other doctor, and they gave me testosterone, and I felt horrible. But they told me I needed it, or they gave me DHEA, and I broke out like crazy and felt terrible. So that's when it kind of led to this little bit of distinction, because then I'd say, well, of course they're not taking that testosterone or DHEA anymore, as I would test their levels, and they actually had kind of high normal. So then over time, we kind of figured out, well sure this person might have aspects of adrenal dysfunction but they have that concealed type of PCOS that's never picked up by a practitioner so you give this person that has you know high normal DHEA high normal testosterone and you give them more of course they're going to feel horrible so that was kind of why my kind of basis for doing this podcast today because Sure, we're splitting hairs. It seems like the same. PCOS concealed seems just like adrenal dysfunction, but in some ways you want to be careful about the treatment cuz you can make somebody worse by giving them those androgens than not, you know, than doing the testing.
2: Yeah, and and really the and we are maybe splitting hairs a little bit, but it's something that we have noticed and really like you said in that 30, mid-30s to mid-40 range. Honestly, we could call it perimenopause at the same time. So there's kind of three things happening there that as the female hormones, the estrogen and progesterone, are starting to change, then all of a sudden you get this surge of the androgens, the DHA and the testosterone. You know, we see that, you know, quite often. And they're the ones that, like you said, they go to the Anti aging clinic or other type of hormone clinic, and they usually end up doing worse because they, you can't give them estrogen yet because they're still they're still menstruating, right? So of course, doctors are prescribing them way too much testosterone. They, and they usually do, they don't perform very well that way. Testosterone in our, in our opinion for women is kind of like the icing on the cake. You don't start with testosterone. You don't start with DHEA. You kind of end with those because those are really powerful hormones. And those are not really the hormones that make women, women. Those are hormones that are, they're very powerful, but you have to be kind of careful and delicate with them to have the response that you want.
0: Exactly. So with this podcast, we wanted to just sort of differentiate a little bit, because that is probably one of the, you know, top questions we get is, do I have adrenal fatigue or do I have PCOS? My gynecologist says I have PCOS, but I don't think I do. And they don't know what adrenal fatigue is. And so people are confused. And, And sure, you can have, you know, little bits of both. But we just wanted to kind of differentiate that, you know, sometimes that treatment might be different, so you want to test it, but like Dr. Ma- Dr. Mackey said, is usually when someone comes in and you can get the symptoms, you can also get their past history, you can pretty much pick up, like, you know what, I think they might be a concealed PCOS. Let's treat this just a little bit differently than you would a typical adrenal dysfunction patient. But in both respects, which which is really important, and probably the top number question is, you know, they want to lose weight. You know, I gain, it's almost like with both, you know, with adrenal dysfunction and especially with the concealed PCOS, it's like I have the women come in, you know, I, w- I was fine in my 20s, I was great, you know, 30s, and then all of a sudden I have a belly. I've never had a belly in my whole life, and where did this belly come from? It's almost like they gained 12 pounds overnight.
2: Yeah, right. And we're not going to get into the cortisol physiology. But again, that's usually where their stress level is the highest. And for whatever reason, the body just decides that it wants to when it's cortisol driven, it wants to redistribute weight around the midsection. And usually that's why it starts happening in the 40s is when those female hormones are starting to decline a little bit, they tend to act as buffers for these very powerful insulin and cortisol hormones that like you said earlier, we can't live without them. Those are such a, a major part of our physiology uh, that they kind of, in some ways, kind of run amok a little bit when you when you don't have the female hormones or the male hormones and the counterpart to balance that out.
0: Yeah. So just on on a side note, because we're very much into you know hormonal weight losses, we do have a. A guide that we created, a free weight loss guide called the Keto Carb Cycling Program, or we like to abbreviate it as the KCCP. And you might have heard about it on other podcasts because we want to give it to everybody. So if you're interested in it, we use it a lot with people with adrenal dysfunction and especially with PCOS because the way it's modified is to kind of help with that because hor- it's all that hormonal weight gain. It's not like you know these women that come to see me with the concealed type of PCOS; they're not eating ice cream and junk food. And if anything, they're doing the opposite of that and they're not seeing any changes. So if you're interested in the KCCP, um, you can download it at is it progress your health backslash. Yeah, yeah
2: just ProgressYourHealth.com backslash KCCP. Just a simple, uh, you know, enter your name and email and you'll get access to it right away. The keto part, I will say about it, the keto part is optional. You don't have to go into keto. Some people do fine with keto. Some people do terrible with keto. Keto really is more about having a little bit more of a lower carb phase but it doesn't have to actually be keto. The carb cycling part is intentionally raising calories on a, on a strategic basis. The strategic basis is based on your stress level. It's based on your activity level, how much exercise you're doing. That dictates how frequently you raise your calories. And then it just kind of ebbs and flows over time. And we kind of designed it specifically for these types of situations, right? Women that are at this point in their life, they cannot do what they used to do in their 20s, right? It does not work anymore of just eating less and exercising more. That worked when you're 25, but once you get beyond the age of 35 and have had a few kids, That no longer works. You have to take a little bit of a different strategy. And the the big mistake that we see all the time is that everyone is under eating over time for far too long. And that, honestly, based on what we're talking about, adrenal dysfunction, it creates more of that and it almost is like a self-fulfilling prophecy. It kind of creates exactly what everybody's trying to fix. So there's a section in there about calories that's important. You don't have to count calories, but you need to be calorie aware. And uh, it's kind of designed that way based on, you know, exactly our patient population that, uh, you know, hopefully gets you going in the right direction. So uh, Dr. Davison, do you have anything else to add about uh, the difference between concealed PCOS, which is our own creation, right? That's something that we came up with on our, on our own. You're not going to find that online anywhere except from us, and adrenal dysfunction. You have anything else to add about that?
0: No, you're you're right. I mean, a lot of doctors have their own types that they've seen, and and that's great. It's just this is kind of the types that we've been we've broken it down to as we've commonly seen. Because, for example, you know, I'll treat a classic PCOS case completely different than a common or as we've talked about here with that um, concealed. So, no, um, nope, this was great.
2: Yeah. All right. Until uh, next time, I'm Dr. Mackey,
1: and I'm Dr. Davidson. Take care. Bye-bye. Bye bye. Bye. Thank you for listening to the Progress Your Health Podcast. If you like what you've heard on this podcast, please give us a positive review on iTunes. This allows us to spread our message, grow our audience, and help more people around the world. For more information, visit our website at progressyourhealth.com.